welcome to the Venue Solutions Podcast for Tuesday, June 22nd, 2010. This is podcast number two. I'm your host, or I guess I should say co-host, William Sellers. I'm the other co-host, Matt Wallace, and we have with us today Scott Bush out of our Boston office. He is a veteran of the backup space. He's been with us, what, Scott, 12 years now? Is that right? Yeah, this is my 12th year. Yep. So welcome aboard, Scott. Will, you want to talk about a couple of housekeeping items? Yeah, a little few housekeeping things. Uh, our website, so everyone knows, is www.venyu.com. That's www.venyu.com. We also have a blog where we post all sorts of cool technical documents or... Um, sometimes we run a little small little... All sorts of cool technical documents? Cart- it's kind of an oxymoron, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> Technology is cool, man. Um, uh, we'll do cartoons every once in a while. Uh, that blog is blog.venue.com. Really easy to remember. We also have two Twitter accounts. We have our um, kind of like our HQ account, which is at Venue. We also have a new one that we're kind of building called Venue Cares. And that one's one where if you want to engage us and talk to the engineers or or interface or see who's kind of watching the queue of things going on, you can interface with that and, and DM us and that messages if you have questions. Uh, we still like you to you know submit a formal support request if you have a problem, but if you want to just interface with us and kind of chat with us, that's how we do it. So what's on today's topic? Today's topic is exciting, encryption. Ooh. Man, I'm mm. telling you. <laughs> Specifically, the new law in Massachusetts um, that just got put into effect, in effect, excuse me, March 1st of this year. Um, it's Mass 201 CMR 17, otherwise known as CMR 17 for short. Some businesses might call that the mass monster. That's what we call it around here because it's, it's, a, uh, it's a wide affecting law for protecting customer data, um, specifically personal data of, of Massachusetts residents. So if a business has on file any type of um, personal data, credit card numbers, names, addresses, anything like that, it has to be encrypted. Um, so you can imagine the impact on businesses in Massachusetts um, having to comply with this law. So we're gonna talk with Scott, who lives in Massachusetts, who knows a lot about this law, he's researched it, and uh, I'd like to call him an expert, really, on this this topic. So, first question to you, Scott. This is going to be kind of a little interview format. I'll ask a question, and he'll give an answer. Cool. <laughs> uh, so, Scott, as a Massachusetts resident, are you confident that businesses are paying attention and they're putting data encryption methods in place? Well, I, I you know, I think, Matt, that um, a lot of times when you get regulation like this, companies take kind of a wait-and-see approach, unfortunately. Uh, So am I confident? Well, (laughs) I think everyone's waiting to see, you know, who who has a breach first and who gets who gets dinged first, who's going to uh, have uh, get fined or whatever first where there's where there's pain. Because typically nothing really happens until there's pain experience to, to motivate companies. Uh, we, we've already seen this particular regulation get pushed back a couple of times. So even the government has taken kind of a uh, lazy approach to it, if you will. So I, I think a lot of businesses are waiting to see, you know, how strict is, is this? Um, are they really going to spend a lot of money as soon as it comes out, uh, not knowing how severe it is? Are the CMR police going to come out in, in droves and start hauling people away in handcuffs? Right. So I, I think what has to happen is 
someone someone's going to have a breach and there's going to be an enormous fine or perhaps someone's going to go to jail and it's going to be a real wake-up call and the key is you don't want to be first <laughs> right <laughs> so so I, unfortunately and we've seen this with other regulations as well uh, be it federal or at the state level where there's been uh, you know something some kind of sea change across the board where uh, significant legislation goes into place and yet there's still a wait and see um, unfortunately sure. it, it's tough because companies have to plan well in advance they have to have budget dollars in place typically this means a technology change in the infrastructure and you can't just turn that around in a couple of months and and trying to plan for it too you, again you don't know how severe how enforced is this law going to be so uh, unfortunately uh, I think we're all going to have to wait and see with everyone else to, to, to see who's going to get dinged first. Um, and then I think you'll see audits coming out where companies are forced to do something about it. Sure, sure. You think it's going to be a competitive advantage if a company is CMR 17 compliant? Is that going to be well, I don't they think that pitch? we're going to go to our a local retail store and see in the window <laughs> that we are CMR compliant. Yeah, you never know. You yeah. never know. <laughs> so oh, that's funny. Sure. So, uh, so no, I. Unfortunately, it's really not a competitive advantage, and maybe that's why there's no motivation to hurry up and change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there'll be motivation if someone's audited and and fined as a result because they're not compliant. Very good. So this is, from what I understand, the first law of its kind in the United States. Um, what exactly prompted this kind of groundbreaking legislation? Because it's a big deal. Well, a, a big retailer in, in our neck of the woods here up in Massachusetts, TJX, uh, you've probably shopped at their stores. Uh, they're known uh, for TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods, AJ Wright, and several other uh, chains. Sure. Wife loves they, TJ they Maxx. Had a, they had a significant data breach back in December of 06. Uh, they didn't report it publicly until January of 07, but it, it affected 46 million people. Oh, so wow. Wow. 46 million uh, had their credit card information breached or, or captured, and along with that uh, went, went social security numbers, driver's license numbers. Um, so it, it was one of the biggest breaches in the country, and it really caused the state to say, hey, we've got to have something strict in place. Uh, to make sure that this doesn't happen again. So I I was personally affected. Uh, our bank called and said we had to get a new credit card. Your bank? Uh, wow. wow. Your yeah. personal bank. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So we certainly shopped there. My wife uh, has no problem shopping at their stores whatsoever. <laughs> so she knows them very well. She's, she has returns there. She's done plenty of shopping there. So we were certainly affected and had to, as a result, have our credit card renewed. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. I always, I always look at, um, you know, I always think about doing these things where you uh, enroll in these things like a life alert or life lock, where mm -hmm. you, you know, it, it's a facility where you, the guy would go around giving out his social security number. Well, find out that the guy's been like compromised like 13 times. No so I don't kidding. Think it really huh? works. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of a side note thing there. Well, that's good to know. Well, Will, this is for you. Uh, from your perspective, what kind of technology are businesses needing to put into place to encrypt their 
they're two, two, two types of data. They're live data, the data they're using on a daily basis, mm -hmm. and also their backup data. Well, live data, I mean, especially if you're doing things like web applications or doing credit card transactions, you definitely have to make sure that you're using SSL encryption, that you're using some type of uh, you know, mechanism that secures your credit card numbers, your personal information. So, uh, you know, in, in on, the, on the web app front end or when a person's using a web page, absolutely making sure that that data is protected, that that, um, that that input output from the person typing in credit card numbers and the back ends could protect it. In terms of backups, which we, we do a lot, you know, we, we, we have a suite of applications for backup yeah. here at Venue. Mm -hmm. um, we make sure that any transactions we do between the host servers that are here in the data center and our clients out in the world are over the wire encryption. Okay, so say for instance, um, you know, point A is is the person out who's wanting to do backups. Point B is the server or the servers down here in the or or Massachusetts anywhere really. Um, that the stream of data is protected, that it's encrypted, right? So someone who's out on the internet who may be trying to listen or or, or scan uh, the the stream doesn't have any useful data. Uh, there's an encryption algorithm that totally protects um, that data stream. On our back end, when we have the data, that once it gets here to the data center, we make sure that when it's sitting on disk, it's encrypted. So, if say for, for you know, if something happens to the disk and it got stolen per se, or something like that, even though we're in a protected data center, someone who has that data can't access it. It also protects people from say some some clients have regulations where even we can't get to the data. Yeah. That the client has to actually type in an encryption key for them to even do the restore. Right. So some clients come in and say, "Hey, you know, can you restore this file for me?" And if we don't have the encryption key, we're no we can't even touch it. And we have the actual data, we have the SAN, the storage, everything. So um, those are the two major parts of technology that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis when it comes to encryption data, encrypting data for customers. Scott, I know in a couple of our conversations about this topic over the past couple of months, you mentioned that there's, uh, for, for people that use tape backup, there's a appliance that they put on site in that rack, is that right? Or is there a technology that runs on a server to encrypt the tapes? How, how does that work, do you know? Yeah, th there's, um, there, there is an appliance that uh, can you can put in between. So if you've got a tape drive, tape library, you can encrypt the data before it goes to the tape. But that's another added expense and some other piece of equipment that could fail um, that you know you probably just don't want to deal with in house. And if you can if you can work with a vendor that can encrypt on the fly, anything that's going in or out is is automatically encrypted. You don't have to worry about a manual process or making sure that uh, a piece of equipment is always working. That's to your advantage, automate as much as possible. Oh yeah, absolutely, totally agree. Well, that's 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 really good data, Will and Scott, on just the, the nuts and bolts of how that works. Um, so it's in mass, it's, it's live right now, this new CMR 17. Scott, do you think this is gonna be rolled out to other states or even become a federal kind of regulation? Well, you know, all states are affected by this. You could, you could be a, a small vendor in New Mexico and have some kind of online uh, store, and if you've got people from Massachusetts transacting business with you, then you're also under the law. Oh, so wow. um, you could have remote offices based in Massachusetts. So it really affects any retailer in the country. Um, so it's wide-reaching. Uh, we just did a, a survey recently. And uh, overwhelmingly, the response uh, came back that 
all the folks we surveyed were, well, not all of them, but about three quarters of the folks we surveyed were open to federal legislation that uh, would require all this information to be encrypted. So I, I think the time is right. I think folks are open to um, having some kind of federal law in place so it, it wouldn't just be at the state level. It would be sure. federally mandated. Uh, so I, I look to see that down the road. And that's probably not too far away. Well, guys, hmm. you realize this kind of thing affects us personally, just like it did Scott. I mean, he had to renew, get a different credit card number and everything. We buy things online every day. You think about the kind of exposure we have with Twitter. Twitter's a great thing. We use it here. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a great way for us to com communicate. But, it, you know, we're starting to get more and more and more exposed. Oh, talk about exposure. Have you ever seen the is it Blippi? No. Where you actually put your credit card number in and you create an account, and it actually, whenever you purchase a, a good, it actually tweets what you've just purchased and how much it what? costs. And I don't necessarily think <laughs> I'm ever going to do this, but uh -huh. basically you sign up and you put in your credit card number. And whenever you go buy something, whether you go buy it like in a retail store or online, it actually tweets what you've bought, how much was it, and where you bought it. You can also do things like, um, wow. you know, if you're doing like Netflix and, 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 or other services or iTunes, it shows you what you purchased. But I'm a little bit nervous about that. I'm not putting my credit card number in voluntarily well, yeah. to something like this. Absolutely. We have a, a major company like TJX be exposed like they were. Absolutely not. We, we need to Don't that jump stuff. in the firing line. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Right. Great way to put it. Um, well, good. I think that, that kind of covers it, really. You have anything you want to add, Scott? Can I close it up? Uh, I, I don't, Matt. Uh, other than uh, if you want more information about the, the law itself and how the venue uh, matches the law, uh, this great site you can go to. It's amerivault.com slash massmonster. Pretty easy to remember. Amerivault is our online backup brand for for automated online backup that encry encrypts the data in flight as it's stored and when you re retrieve it. So that would be amerivault.com slash massmonster, all one word. One thing I like that is, is you know, when we talk to our customers, um, the big thing is just awareness. Uh, and, and I know that when we do backups for a client or do work for them, the first thing, or before we finish the, 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 the work, we always say, hey, look, do you want this encrypted? Do you want to do you know, back-end encryption? Of course, all of our stuff is encrypted over the wire. That comes by default. But it's something we always ask is like, look, you know, this is important. Do you want to make sure you want to encrypt your data once it's here at the data center? Some clients is very important, and it's absolutely something they have to have. Others are not so much. Yeah. You know, they, they understand the, the, the protection that we have inside the data center walls. But uh, we have run some clients that, that require, you know, by either law or their own internal um, systems that the data is protected even once it's inside our data center. Sure. So knowing, letting customers aware of what we have to offer is really key and if they don't know we tell them we say look this is what we can do and this is why it's important so education is part of our job too yeah absolutely well you heard it here www.amerivault.com that's a-m-r excuse me a-m-e-r-i vault dot com slash mass monster m-a-s-s monster go check it out you can learn more about cmr 17 and how it might affect your business um, even if you're not in massachusetts so that's it for us today. Thanks for listening.